one of the most exciting guards in the league at the moment, and I think we can basically just pencil him in for 30 points and 10 assists throughout the rest of these seeding games. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Uh, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Slab Stocks, and then go down here and click that little subscribe button here on YouTube as well. Hard to put into words you know, just how awesome this NBA restart has been. Uh, we were deprived basically of all sports, well, you know, all the sports that I follow anyways, since March 13th. Uh, well, then the MLB came back a few weeks ago, although they've kind of really tripped over their own feet out of the gate. Uh, tons of postponed games already. And then you have Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, basically telling you know, all the players to toughen up, calling them out. And you know, just bad looks all around. Not the case in the NBA. Absolutely nailed pretty much every aspect of this restart. And the bubble's been a huge success so far at keeping all the players and important personnel healthy. Uh, the TV product has been awesome. I don't miss the fans and the stands basically at all. You know, something about the lighting has been better than normal, in my opinion. The, the camera angles are better than ever before. I think because the NBA isn't constrained by seating in any way, so the cameramen get better angles. And plus, Probably 75% of the players have picked up right where they left off, and the level of competition is incredible. Every single night, we have like three or four really good games to watch, probably because the worst eight teams weren't invited. And you know, the whole thing just has a, a certain level of significance that a normal NBA season wouldn't be having. You know, so big props to Adam Silver, uh, big props to everyone involved in making this a huge success so far. Let's hope we can keep this going for the next three months. And we've seen all this bleeding out into the card market. Of course, we saw you know, Bull Bull with his huge jump on that one scrimmage. Uh, TJ Warren went for 53 points against the 76ers, and his raw Prism Silver rookie cards went from you know, basically a cheap afterthought to listings just flying off of eBay, even as high as $150. Damian Lillard, he was trending on Twitter during the second half of the Celtics-Blazers game, and his PSA 10 Prism rookie cards jumped $100 immediately. Uh, I think you know these are just the types of reactions that we can expect throughout this restart and then throughout the NBA playoffs. The NBA is just must-see TV right now in a nation that is starved for sports of consequence. More people are moving into the NBA card market as a result of that, and we probably have another stimulus check coming in a few weeks by the looks of things. I don't recommend that you spend that on cards, but I'm sure that many people will be, so it all just kind of adds up not only to an exciting three months in the NBA, but also here on the periphery in the NBA card market. You know, things are just looking really, really promising for the next several months. So, that all being said, let's get into some of the games and some of the performances that have stood out so far. Uh, by the way, you know, it's just been so many good games so far, so many huge performances. I can't possibly talk about all of them. I'm sorry if I miss anyone. I usually record this on Monday, but there were some important follow-up performances that I wanted to see from last night. And after a few of those games, I had to scrap like a third of what I'd written so far. But in these cases, that was a very good thing. Uh, first of all, because, well, first let's talk Zion Williamson. He'd been in the middle of a pretty concerning situation the first few games back. Limited to 15 minutes per game, he was receiving the type of workload that guys will get when they're you know, returning from a major knee injury. Think about like Jonathan Isaac. The Pelicans were saying it wasn't a minutes limitation, he wasn't injured, that it was just a, a burst restriction. 
Brian Windhorst then came out, said that he'd been talking to a number of scouts, and they all watching Zion say it looks like he shouldn't even be out there at all. You know, lots of speculation that, that maybe there was some injury that hadn't been reported on by the Pelicans, and, and they were making all these excuses that he'd missed a few days of quarantine, and he hadn't been able to ramp back up, and so they're bringing him along slowly. I still don't think that we know the full story behind all this, but Zion was absolutely bawling last night. You know, after two lackluster games when he just couldn't get into any sort of rhythm against the Grizzlies, he played 25 minutes, had 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists, only 50% from the free throw line and only 42% from the field, which, you know, both poor. But at this point, you know, we really just need to see him playing for an extended period of time. Inefficient, you know, but otherwise a good game from him. He looked aggressive, he looked confident, which are just extremely encouraging after all the questions that have been swarming around about him. Uh, let's hope that there isn't any underlying injury concerns, and I think we'll learn more about that over the next five games, seeing what type of workload he's given. Uh, but And by the way, the next five games, all against under 500 teams. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, I'm just super depressed for Jonathan Isaac. You know, That's my guy. He just checks a lot of the boxes that I look for in an NBA prospect for just what I kind of like to watch. Uh, he missed all that time with a knee injury. Then the news comes out that he tore his ACL. Uh, just super disappointing for him and for Magic fans and for the sport in general. He was really shaping into a fine player this year, and, and I still think he will be, but you know, obviously it's just a devastating injury for an athletic big man. You know, so pour one out for Jonathan Isaac. We'll just be hoping that you know, when he comes back late next season, he'll be able to resume his climb, uh, but just really tough all around. Another young Pelican that we do need to talk about, Brandon Ingram. The more I see him play, the more I'm convinced that he's just going to be a really, really good player in this league for quite some time. He'd been off the first few games back, no doubt about that. You know, 23 points, 8 rebounds, and a block against the Jazz, but only shot 35% from the field. And then a you know 14.2 rebound, 46% from the field performance against the Clippers in only 23 minutes. Um, like with Zion, this past game was a huge improvement. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, 50% from the field. Some promising signs, but you know, even when he's struggling, you see those glimpses of what make him so special. You know, you know, one of the things that will take Ingram to that next level as a player is going to be the consistency and the clutch shooting in late game situations. He really struggled in the fourth quarter against the Jazz. His shot selection just wasn't there, and he only shot 17% from the field, going one for six in those nine minutes. But last night, much improved. He nailed two deep daggers with time winding down to solidify the Pelicans' lead. Uh, at the moment, you know, the Pelicans' offense is you know, generally a bit of a mess. It really doesn't seem to be a pecking order of any kind, you know, but, but Ingram has the type of natural scoring ability from all three levels where he's going to be the driving force of this Pelicans offense for years to come, assuming he resigns. Uh, even when Zion's fully healthy, you know, Zion's going to be the best player, but he's probably never going to be the pure scorer that Ingram is. I think as the Pelicans, you know, with all their young pieces start to figure each other out, start to figure out the whole pecking order, get that sorted out, Ingram's going to be right there near the top, and he's just going to be very, very good. I love the flashes that we're seeing out of him. And also, we had Kevin Durant pumping him up the other night, tweeting out 14 is a different breed. That was during the Jazz Pelicans game. And that's the type of high-profile support that can really drive up a player's card prices due to demand. Now, since July 28th, his PSA 10 Prism base rookie card is up about 68%, and we've seen that even with some of the rust. You know, so the market is clearly primed for him to be very good, and in general, I agree with that assessment. Let's talk Blazers next. Yusuf Nurkic is a 
beast. Last March, he broke like both of the big bones in his leg, which is probably the last break I'd want to experience. Well, now he's back. First two games back from that injury, he averages 33 minutes, 24 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and three and a half blocks. He was particularly good against the Celtics with 30 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. He just does so much around the court. Uh, you know, he throws around his 300-pound frame to impose his will on guys. It's pretty incredible for him to be doing all of this just right away. His cards really don't sell that much, not a huge demand, which I understand. You know, but man, he's just a tank, and he's probably the second best player on this Blazers team that is you know, really making a run at the eighth seed. Uh, by the way, I just learned this the other day. I might be the last person in the world to hear about this, so I apologize if this is super old news to you all. I'm not really sure if it is. Uh, I think that it deserves to be brought up. Nurkic's dad was a seven-foot-tall, 400-pound police officer in Bosnia, and the story goes that he got in a fight as an officer. 14 dudes that he beat up. It was reported in the local newspaper. Some sports agent was reading the paper, and he went to go find this officer, asked him if he had any sons. The cop said, yeah, he had a 14-year-old son named Yusuf. Sports agent meets the young Yusuf, offers to train him in basketball, which he'd never played to that point. And, well, now we have the Bosnian beast just absolutely destroying guys in Portland. I love everything about that story. I love Yusuf Nurkic. His raw prison-based rookie guards are going for under $20. You know, only 27 of his base rookies have been graded through PSA. Only 11 silvers have been graded. A high gem rate, though. Uh, but if you want to buy, you'll most likely be looking for ungraded stuff. I don't know if I'm recommending him, but I do just kind of generally like a lot about him. Of course, the biggest reason for the Blazers' really strong performance so far is their leader, Damian Lillard. Aaron posted about him on Monday on our Instagram account. His PSA 10 Prism-based rookie cards are up 74% since the beginning of July. Uh, they've eclipsed $1,000 now. Lillard is easily you know, one of the top 10 players in the league. He just kind of exists as an afterthought top 10 player a lot of times. But, you know, what isn't he doing right now that Steph Curry was doing when he was the most popular player in the league a few years back? You know, through two games, uh, Lillard is averaging 30 points, 4 rebounds, 13 assists. He's only shooting 30% from 3 through these couple games, but he's a 39% 3-point shooter on the season. If you look at his season-long shot chart, it is absolutely littered with 3-point attempts and makes from 33 feet and out, and he's, he's just really good at it. He's pretty clearly one of the most exciting young guards. Well, not young guards, but he's one of the most exciting guards in the league at the moment. And I think we can basically just pencil him in for 30 points and 10 assists throughout the rest of these seeding games. He is 29 years old and kind of a post-hype type of player. And I think that playing in Portland hasn't really helped his card market. You know, but probably future Hall of Famer, one of the top 10 players in the league right now. And the way that the Blazers have been playing, you know, they really could be playing the Grizzlies in that play-in game for the eighth seed and make it into the playoffs. They might be a top five team in the West at the moment. And if all of this happens, I expect his cards to keep climbing up. I don't know. You know, I know the market has generally slept on him unless he's playing out of his mind like he did earlier in the season. You know, but the way that this is all set up and the weight of these games... I expect him to be a big storyline for the next six games, at least. Uh, so really impressive stuff coming out of Damian Lillard offensively at the moment, and let's hope for some more. And we'll move on from Portland in a second, but Gary Trent Jr., he's looked really, really good so far. Uh, two games in, 30 minutes per game, 19 points, you know, just a smattering of other stats. Who, you know, who didn't play in those games? 
Anthony Simons, and that's just really telling. Simons is just so small, and at his best, is so redundant with McCollum and Lillard. But Trent, he adds quite a bit of size and physicality over all three of those guys. You know, so in these higher-intensity games, Trent is the guy getting the nod, and, and he's really been paying off for the Blazers. Still only 21 years old, uh, but he's looked super important on this Blazers team that's really lacking depth at the wing. Uh, quite a few raw Prism Silvers selling on eBay at the moment, going between $40 and $50 on Sunday. The most recent PSA 10 Silver went for $90. I'm not exactly recommending him as a buy, but I'm recommending that you keep your eye on him. Uh, he's looking like a pretty important piece on a really good Blazers team that, you know, they've cut their lineup to a tight eight-man lineup, and he's right there. So exciting stuff for a young, underrated player to be included in that important group. Dante DiVincenzo. He's been disappointing so far. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists in 2 games. He's getting the start in both. Uh, he only shot 44% from the field and 27% from 3. Obviously, we are looking for more. But there is still room for optimism. You know, Eric Bledsoe hasn't played yet. And as much as that guy gets ragged on for past playoff performances, he's a super important piece on this Bucks team. With him out, DiVincenzo becomes the nominal point guard for the Bucks starting group. And that's just not his position. He's at his best when he can play off-ball and do all the other stuff that makes his game exciting. Now, Eric Bledsoe should be playing today, and that might even have taken place by the time that this video is posted. If that's the case, I think we get a little bit better performances from DiVincenzo. Speaking of guys who've been disappointed, Michael Porter Jr. Man, this was one of those guys that I had to scrap basically everything I prepared on him. Uh, I was going to have this big, drawn-out apology for talking about him so much that he was clearly a bust and that this is all overblown, that clearly Bowl Bowl had surpassed him in the Nuggets' future, uh, that you better just cut your losses and sell right now. Thank goodness that I waited, and then last night happened, and I don't have to do any of that. I mean, this, was Michael this was the Michael Porter Jr. game that we've been waiting for. This is the glimpse of what the Nuggets' future looks like. Jokic and Porter combined for 67 points. Porter leading the way with 37 points, 12 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. Perfect from the charity stripe. Four made threes, shot 75% from the field. Obviously, he's not going to shoot 67% from three every night or 75% overall over the course of the season. But he's just so naturally gifted on offense that these types of games are very achievable for him. You know, the way that Jokic and he work together. It's just beautiful basketball. Porter's extremely gifted off-ball. He's constantly moving and cutting in a way that actually gets him open. And Jokic has this preternatural ability to seek out cutters just as they're reaching daylight. Now, these types of performances are going to be normal in a year or two. Now, Porter did get 44 minutes in last night's contest, which... It's just not going to be the norm, at least here in the short term. Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Gary Harris, they were all out with injury, and it's looking like all three of those guys should be back very soon. The Nuggets ran a tight rotation last night with only six guys getting over 20 minutes of burn. When those three guys come back, that's going to cut into Michael Porter Jr.'s minutes significantly once more. And, you know, on top of that, I don't think we're going to see very much of Bull Bull at all after that. He only played four minutes last night also. Uh, but last night, just super exciting for Michael Porter Jr. fans. It proved, it provided you know, what I think is a great glimpse into the future of this Nuggets team. His PSA 10 Prism Silver rookie cards are going for around $800 at the moment, base going for a little less than half of that. Uh, in general, I really like him as a player and think he's generally a buy.
Sticking out west, the San Antonio Spurs, I don't believe will be in the bubble for more than the next five games, but you know, they're making the most of this opportunity. Pop has got his polo on, he's finally relaxed, and he's finally giving Derek White and DeJounte Murray minutes together. And that pairing has played only 155 minutes together over this season. 52 of those minutes came in the last three games. 22 of those minutes came just yesterday. You know what? They've done fine together. Murray, he's you know, kind of been struggling a bit with inconsistency. White's been his normal, impactful self in kind of a quiet way. I think this is the best path forward for the Spurs, getting those two time to grow together. That's the only way that the Spurs can try to get back to some re semblance of relevancy. Uh, so that's been kind of an under-the-radar, encouraging development from the bubble. I'm glad that Popovich has been exploring that. Apparently he watches this show, so thanks for listening, Pop. Uh, speaking of young guards... Is Fred Van Fleet one of the most underrated players in the league? You know, so much credit for last year's championship goes to Kawhi, uh, which makes sense. But in reality, if Van Fleet doesn't become the best shooter of all time overnight, they probably don't win that championship. He's had another really solid season this year. He, he's missed a few different chunks of time, but he's averaged 18 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, and he shot 40% from 3 on 7 attempts per game over the season. Uh, now that we're back in this playoff atmosphere, he's transformed once again into the third Curry brother. Yesterday he hit 7 of 12 3-point attempts for 36 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. The game before that had only 13 points, but he coupled that with 5 rebounds and 11 assists, a steal and a block while making 3 of 7 3-point attempts, so still a really strong game. And generally, most of us probably think of uh, Siakam and Lowry as the most important players on this Raptors team, and that's probably true, but you know, old Fred Van Fleet is right up there with them. Uh, the Raptors have an absolutely suffocating defense. You know, the way that they meet you out beyond the perimeter and they just swarm around, they just deny entry passes all night long. And then they go down to the other end and you have Fred Van Fleet just transforming into the human torch. It is incredible. And the Raptors, you know, they have as good of an opportunity this year as anyone to make some serious noise late in the playoffs. You have to imagine that that Van Fleet signs a max deal this offseason to stick with the Raptors, and I just think that increases his overall card demand. Of course, you know, again, not really any good rookie cards to invest in. There's like a nice National Treasures auto rookie that sells for a boatload that you can go after. You know, but otherwise, if you can find a good low-numbered card or a, a short print card from one of his last two years of Prism, I think you could do fine. Um, but again, not a whole ton to invest in for him, but I like the future. A ton of other dudes that we could talk about. Uh, Aiton making threes finally. John Morant, he struggled against a really good defensive backcourt in New Orleans, but outside of that, he's looked like a point guard that's mature well beyond his years. Jaron Jackson Jr. has looked incredibly solid so far. Uh, Perzingis, he averaged 35 points, 12 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, and shot 50% from the field and 39% from deep over two games. The rust from his bulky knee appears to be you know, completely shaken off, which is awesome to see. Jason Tatum, he bounced back from an ugly game against the Bucks to a super performance against the Trailblazers. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's also been looking really, really strong so far. But last up, I do want to talk about Anthony Davis. LeBron, he just hasn't looked himself yet in the restart. Only shot 44% from the field and adding 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and a block. Not terrible by any means, but also not really setting anything on fire. Uh, but it hasn't really mattered because Tony Davis is on another level at the moment. He's through three games. He's hitting uh, 30 points, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, shooting 44% from three on five attempts per game, hitting over 90% of his attempts from the charity stripe. 
LeBron has you know clearly been pacing himself and he's sitting back and he's letting Davis do a lot of the heavy lifting which is really working at the moment We've always known that he could do this stuff. Uh, clearly, that's exactly what he was doing in New Orleans for all those years, but the team just never really got over the hump when he didn't have another star running alongside him. Now he has LeBron. LeBron's actually letting him take the reins, and this could really turn into a special postseason for Anthony Davis, especially just looking forward in these playoffs. In the Clippers, they pose a pretty serious threat to LeBron in particular. There's just so many guys on that team that can get in LeBron's way, and when that happens, that's when Davis shines the brightest. He's just such a uniquely versatile player that no one really has an answer for him. With the team that he's on and the attention that the Lakers are going to be getting throughout the playoffs, you have to wonder, is Anthony Davis about to have his moment? I think so. You know, last night he contributed 42 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and a block against a really good defensive uh, team in the Jazz. I'd expect quite a few more performances like that heading into the playoffs. His PSA 10 Prism base rookie cards are up about 45% over the past week, going for around $3,200 at the moment. Obviously, most of us probably can't afford that. You know, but there are other good-looking cards to be looking into. Optic was the first to feature him in his Lakers jersey this year. Uh, his 2019 Optic Hollows were going yesterday as high as $80. Another interesting card to keep an eye on was just released recently. Panini Chronicles just came out with a Prism update, which is the first time we've seen that type of update happen. I don't know how the market's going to react to Prism update, but I think it's fairly interesting. Uh, we get a good Kendrick Nunn rookie finally, and, and Terrence Davis is another really good rookie that finally we get a, a Prism rookie for. Also, you get Kawhi Leonard in a Clippers jersey, and then Anthony Davis in a Lakers jersey. Those are big additions. I don't think that they're technically short print, but they definitely seem to be rare. A raw base sold this morning for $100, another for $80, and I think that's just you know another really interesting, relatively low-priced option to keep in mind, especially if the Lakers win a championship. Prism's always in demand, and this is his first Lakers Prism card, and all that stuff also goes for Kawhi Leonard as well in his Clippers jersey. All right, that is all the time I have for today, so thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.